hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. Today on the show is Richie Egan, aka Jape, who has just released his sixth album, Endless Thread, via Faction Records. The press release says it takes its cues from the inventive solo records of the 1970s. Think Paul McCartney, Judy Sill, Robert Wyatt, John Cale, as well as present-day production techniques. Richie produced and recorded the album at RARN, R-A-R-N, studio, using a collection of ribbon microphones, tape machines, and tube outboard equipment. The album was mixed by David Odlum and mastered by Sean Mackerlane. The artwork was assembled by M&E Sweden, and that artwork is really worth checking out. I didn't ask Richie about it, but you should do your own investigation on that one. Richie's one of my favourite musicians, whether it's with Jape or with the Redneck Manifesto. He mentions them briefly during the interview. I interviewed them on TPOE 111 around their 20th anniversary. That chat was without Richie. And so this is my first time interviewing him on the podcast, which I was really excited about. He released a really cool instrumental album last year called 9K High which we also touch on. And this year also marks 20 years of Jape. So you'll hear him talk about his very first release, Cosmosphere, which I would very much appreciate if someone could send me a link to or send me the album, send me the MP3s. I don't know if I've ever heard it. Anyway, coming up, Richie talks through living in Sweden, what he's been up to in the past couple of years, making music for children's TV, and then we talk through the songs that make up Endless Thread, which veer from the playful to ones of anger. We also talk about his plans for the live show, which really does sound like it's going to be good crack. He's calling this part of the live show Japery, and it involves a general knowledge quiz during the gig. That's near the end of the interview that we talk about that and his tour dates over the next month, so you don't miss out on some Japery, are... October 20th at the Button Factory in Dublin. The following day, October 21st in Whelan's in Dublin. November 2nd, he's in Collins in Cork. November 3rd is the Bars in Clonakilty. November 4th is the Casbah in Limerick. And November 5th is Roisin Dove in Galway. You can buy Endless Thread at jape.bandcamp.com. And here is Richie Egan, aka Jape, on The Point of Everything. So we'll ease ourselves in. I presume like the question that you get asked by every Irish person is just, how is Sweden going? It's going good. Uh, I mean, I have a studio here now, which I'm sitting in at the moment. And that's where I basically spend most of my time. I could be anywhere really in the world. So, yeah, it's grand. Did you 
know when you moved over to Sweden that you'd still be over there? Is it is it like eight years later? Is it longer? Maybe it's longer. Maybe it's like 10 or 11 years now. I wasn't really sure, you know. We sort of just came over to uh, to test it out. Then ended up having kids here. So now the kind of anchors dropped a bit further. And uh, yeah, it's fine. Like I say, like I kind of at the stage where I can be, I could be anywhere as long as I'm able to make music. I don't really mind. And here I can really focus on it. I miss kind of walking down the street and just meeting people I know all the time. But like, it's grand. <laughs> Do you actually miss that? I feel like so many Irish people would be like, I would love to just walk down the street and not like bump into five people. Yeah, but well, be, be careful what you wish for. You know, it's like I know if you're you kind of always want a little bit of what you don't have. And uh, I think when you're in it, maybe it becomes a bit much. But when you leave, then you kind of miss miss that social interaction of just like guaranteed to meet at least one person, you know walking around mm. what is like the social situation in malmo is it I've, i i'm guessing like 10 years there you've kind of forged some sort of a community as well you would you would think that wouldn't you uh there's a few irish like my like um good time john lives in malmo um matthew from m and e lives here there's a few irish guys i kind of hang out with them when i go and play paddle with them um hang out uh, but mainly, I suppose, I'm kind of a little bit older, so it's not really about the social everything now. It's just about um, just making making work, you know. That's basically kind of what keeps me happy. Just squirreled away in your studio. Yeah, exactly. And dip my head out every now and again and, like, get the social buzz, but then just come back down to the, to the darkness like a mole. <laughs> Uh, tell me about kind of that work side of things the the stuff I guess that's differentiated from what I would know you as as Jape well I was I've done I was like I, I sort of just like I treat music as a craft you know uh, and I mean as long as I'm able to craft music no matter what it's for I feel extremely lucky and extremely blessed so I've been I've done different jobs for different things you know sort of all different types of kind of media I suppose that uh, I've made music for and I love that as well you know I love to be able to like get somebody else to tell me what to do sometimes you know where I can just like uh, be a craftsman and I like that I love that you know that's that's like maybe something I don't know how to do beforehand then I learn how to do it in a specific project and yeah, that that to me is is great you know and then I also nowadays to keep the wolf from the door I think to be make a living from music I think it's You've got to be able to do that and more, you know, it's it's a you have to have a, a wide range of skills to survive, I think. Did you have those skills when you moved over to Sweden or is it just something that you ha- that you developed over the years? I think for well, it's not really skills, I suppose it's more for me. It's like just, you know, there's so many different ways. I really am a bit of a jack of all trades when it comes to music. Like I can I'll dip my toe in anything without really mastering any of them, you know, but I have a lot of try and keep a childlike curiosity to that end of things so uh to me it's not about it's just about like just keeping curious and then and then finding some gig where somebody wants you to do something that you haven't done before and then like just trying to experiment read about it and learn how to do it to the best of my ability you know that kind of stuff so you get the same satisfaction like making your say making endless thread as you do like fulfilling a brief sort of a thing it, it's kind of a yeah similar or, enough or jamming with matt or jamming with, Ma- with matthew or another musician it's all different parts of the same thing to me you know it's all part of like the power of music really i know it's a little bit cheesy to say that but like the way it can be so many different things and it can you can come at it from 
basically an infinite amount of angles and other people's perspective. I think sometimes when you work a lot on your own, which I do, uh, you really miss other people's perspective, whether it's playing with another musician or like working with somebody, a visual artist or something. And, you know, like that stuff is really keeps you keeps you fresh, you know, to be able to do that. Hmm. Tell me about like jamming with the guys. Is that just almost like a, a kind of, again, just almost a social aspect at this stage? Well, you know, Matthew, as I said, lives like he was, he's in the Rednecks um, and he lives in, in Malmo. So we, we, we had a many months where we were basically just playing together on a Wednesday night uh, for the just pure fun of playing together, you know, having a cup of tea and uh, just making some tunes and having a laugh, basically. And yeah, because like Rednecks aren't going at the moment. So it's a little taste of that, basically, you know, not the same. <laughs> but it's it's always just there it's it that's nice though you know like you never kind of get tired of it yeah yeah but that's it i mean the thing about like it being an artist in any field and getting older i think it's important to never rest and on your laurels and think that this is the way to do things you know because it's always changing always evolving and i think you, it's you, you owe it to yourself to try to to also evolve and and stay fresh Mm. was this kind of like realism about a career in music was that did you always have that that like you knew that you weren't always going to make a living just from like just from Japer, just from the rednecks or yeah, is it just yeah. something since you moved to sweden big time like when i was younger and i had like the hype around jape and stuff all the money i ever got for like publishing deal record deal all that kind of stuff i basically spent it on equipment for a studio basically so back then I was always, I mean, when I was younger, there were bands getting signed and they would be kind of like um, spending their advance on, on, you know, studio time where they spend a lot of money maybe recording a record and then at the end of it, maybe not even really particularly dig the record and then they've got no money left from their advance, whatever. So my theory, what my take was, well, if I just do it myself and even if it all falls to shit, which it will eventually at least then I'll be left with stuff that I can still create in my own time. And and that's all I really want, you know, to be honest with you. Wow. So you've always just had this sensible head on you. I mean, I've always kind of thought about the long game of things, you know. I've always thought about the long game uh, because, like, life is, is a strange thing. The idea of impermanence is something that I really always am very close to. And what's here today won't be here tomorrow or or will be in a different form. And it's just trying to be able to be present for all the different forms of change, which will occur, basically, you know, so. Speaking of that kind of uh, long game, I was uh, just doing doing my research yesterday. Cosmosphere, your first release, yeah. two two thousand and three. Yeah. So that's is this 20 years of James? 20 is this years. Some, is this oh something that you've thought about? 20 no? years. I never like you know Cosmosphere is a special enough record uh, because I record I wrote my, my friend Niall from the Redneck Manifesto he had his parents used to have a holiday home in um, Avoca in County Wicklow and basically I uh, just took all my small amount of equipment back then two thousand and three went down there for seven days and wrote and recorded the the entire uh, record in seven days and i only took a break to come back to dublin to buy some grass would you believe which i bought from um uh Ronald from female hercules who unfortunately passed away uh so that record was a very special time neil neil from somadrone he actually came down to um to, to do some keyboards and stuff on it as well so yeah crazy man 20 years holy shit didn't know that <laughs> yeah that was I... about two years ago 
<laughs> I went looking for it. I couldn't find it. If you, if you still have the files or anything, you need to upload it to Bandcamp or YouTube or something. David, David Kitt was on to me going, oh, man, you should do that for Bandcamp Friday um, and stick it up because a few people want to hear it. I actually have CD copies of it here what? in the house. Yeah, so I'll probably do that. But no, I, I think one day I tried to do it and then I didn't have a way to rip any CDs anymore. So I was like, ah, I'll do it again. But yeah, I'll stick it on Bandcamp at some stage for sure. It's actually not bad. I mean, it's, it's it, there's one or two all right tunes on it. Um, I mean, it's not amazing, but there's a couple of bits and bobs that are quite okay. Uh, it was Leagues and Dave O'Grady. They used to run a label called Volta Sounds and they put it out back in the day. So they were really, they still are like, I mean, Fucking Ocean's still doing the biz, but back in the day, Volta had like Messiah J and the Expert was on there and they used to do, um, yeah, loads of good stuff, man. Loads of good stuff. Yeah, it's it's kind of that funny like in between time of the internet, isn't it? It's kind of like the internet is just starting, but it's like no music was kind of on the internet, and suddenly it just kind of almost gets forgotten about. I feel like there's so many kind of acts or music, particularly Ar- Irish acts, who like you can't find their music. There's no like trace of them from around that time. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny. It's funny you should say that because I've I've actually been. I have a lot of Irish music that's from around that time and before that time and a little bit after that time where there was so much good stuff that is basically not on the internet now or is in very, very small forms. And I know there's a, you know, Andy from Estelle, he does a, a radio show called, I think it's called Little Plastic Tapes. And he plays a lot of, he will dip into that world a lot. Um, but I sometimes think I should maybe just do a couple of posts about some bands or music from that time because some of it's amazing you know some of it's really cool and like i still always subscribe to the theory of all art like there's so much good stuff nowadays but i always think of like that idea and i'm just referring to irish music here as a sort of a chain you know where everything is kind of connected and you can if you keep going through the acts you can kind of get back to another act from this act or you can go forward to that act from this act here you know it's everything is kind of connected and if it's good, I think it's all coming from the same well. So yeah, it's worth putting a spotlight on some of the the lesser known stuff that didn't have the benefit of being able to yeah post about it on the internet. Yeah, well, hopefully I'll get to listen to Cosmosphere in the uh, in the coming weeks, maybe. You know, if I don't know when the actual anniversary is, but we got to mark that. Speaking of other releases, I don't know if you saw the Irish Independence list of the fifty best Irish albums of all time. There was no Jape release on there, which is surprising two choice prize winning albums it's a good list and it's kind of maybe a predictable list near the top but like you don't you wouldn't have any pains uh, I mean, about that or pangs like, about that i think there's definitely more than 50 good irish albums you know? oh of course yeah um so i probably i would just like to imagine that i was probably number 51 something mm. around there <laughs> uh i mean i don't mind like it's 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 nice to get some validation but i think i've had enough validation from public sources and what keeps me going is just uh, the idea that I'm trying to make something that's exciting to me at the moment. So, yeah, doesn't particularly bother me. How do you kind of get that validation? Is it just kind of like you reach a certain age or you kind of tick enough boxes in your kind of career that it's kind of like, no, I'm just doing not, this for I myself think, now? I, genu- I genuinely don't think it really has much to do with the career end of things. I think it's more to do with... Uh, like doing something that I can genuinely feel myself is something that maybe I either haven't done before or have done to a lesser degree. And um, if I can just like kind of push myself a bit harder 
and then kind of like let that particular go- thing go and then say, well, at least I made a step in the right direction. Like that's a big thing for me at the minute in a lot of aspects of my life. If you don't know what to do in your life, which we all have periods where we don't know what to do, I think if you can just make one step in the correct direction, um, it's really helpful. And what what tends to happen is even if you feel lost, if you take one step in a direction and then, you know, that might lead you to a second step in that direction. And that then may 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 lead to an option which you were not aware of before you made the first step, you know. And I feel like that with music that sometimes like you get to the point when you don't feel so creative, but if you just kind of move towards a tiny, it can be a tiny thing as well. If you can move towards something that you feel like is um is is worthwhile and slowly get there, you'll 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 eventually find you build up a little bit of momentum and something will happen that that enables you to do something that maybe uh, better and not just in that world i think it's the same for mental health you know if you have a hard time as we all do sometimes it's very hard to see the bigger picture but if you can just do a small thing in one direction those those things add up you know so yeah so that's where i get so for the validation from the art is from trying to move in the correct direction which i have decided is the correct direction myself because it's personal you know but i mean yeah, I guess like there's so many acts nowadays who, you know, are kind of seeking that at the start, that kind of like validation or something before they start thinking of like, I'm just making the tunes, you know, for myself. And if anybody else likes them, that's great. Well, the thing about Ireland is Ireland is is kind of small. And if you just make good music, you don't need to worry about all that stuff. I think it's two stages. Like, so the stage you need to work on is the first stage, which is creation of good music. Because if you work on the first stage, the second stage will happen. Whereas if you work on the second stage, which is the validation thing, then the first stage probably might won't happen. You know, the main thing is the first, the work is the main thing. So uh, for our young artists, I mean, just, just work really hard on your music and you'd be surprised how fast people, Every I think everybody knows everything that's happening musically if, if you're in tune with it you know so stick to that do you get like young artists or young musicians kind of contacting you seeking advice or anything yeah sometimes you know like um uh that, that young guy costa was, was uh, oh yeah 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 was, you you, re- you made did a, a remix track with him. him yeah a lovely dude coming from a really pure creative place your cousin marcus as well he's he's another really cool act coming up kind of uh in the hip-hop sort of end of things and yeah, and I get messages, and I love getting messages from young artists because, uh, not that I'm very successful, but I mean, I'm a, definitely a lifer, so there's certain things that maybe I've learned over the years that I could be in part, but like a lot of them are probably way more talented than me anyway, but sometimes you still need a bit of a guidance. In terms of like self-respect as well, you know, it's important to have to have that as an artist. And I think a lot of artists sell themselves sell themselves short on that one because they um they kind of just want to be an artist, so they're willing to sacrifice maybe more than they should in order to, to be that, you know. And and so like the self-respect with you, did you did do you think looking back that you always had it, or is it just something that you strive no, towards? For me, I think I pretty much I always have had a certain uh, self-respect, maybe a misguided confidence. But I see a lot in young, you sometimes people selling themselves short, you know. And it's kind of it's a, I think people, people kind of, people can ascribe to you the characteristics you put forth into the world. So if you put forth the idea that you're not worth much, then people will think you're not worth much. You know, you have to know your own value. But that's like cheesy, but you know what I'm saying. 
So before we talk about the new album, Endless Thread, let's talk about Sentinel, which was released in 2019. Kind of like the other side of Jape. I, I feel like you've always kind of had that balance of like, you know, guitar, acoustic, slow stuff and like heavy. I, I think that you love that going heavy on the electronics as well. How do you kind of look back on Sentinel? Do you feel like I ticked off this kind of a sound and now I want to work on this sound just personally work related? I think, you know, some artists are good at like doing projects where basically this is my project now, I'm going to do this and this is going to be this. But for me, I'm, for, for good or bad, it's how I feel at the time is what reflects in the music. And so that album was quite a sad record. And I think maybe I was a little bit depressed at the time or, yeah. I, well, there's no tick in the boxes, like basically. It's like, there's tick in the boxes in the sense that I, I, like I said earlier, I want to have something that basically feels like a progression for me. But then in terms of the song writing itself, the pure songs, then that uh, is very personal and kind of like comes from whatever particular um, mindset I'm in at the time, which I can't predict, you know. And like, you know, some of the, obviously some of the earlier records were a lot more successful than some of the later stuff I've done. But like, the thing is, if you want to do stuff for a long time, you have to get used to the idea that some of your stuff will not be successful. Um, but the main thing is that you're able to just uh, satisfy your your own um, need to make art. You know, that's that's what it is. And like, it can be a kick in the teeth sometimes, maybe if something doesn't really resonate with people. But once you, you learn to understand that feeling, it's quite liberating. Like failing is actually really liberating. And it took me a while to understand that. You don't have to succeed all the time because if you fail, you really look at yourself and go, okay, I can pretty much do whatever I want now because there's no pressure, you know? And it makes you question what's important to your own, I suppose, voice, you know? What is important? And if you're constantly successful, I don't think you get the chance to question that, you know? So... It might sound a little bit like a deluded cop-out, but I do think there's great instruction in failing. Mm. Sometimes. Not all the time, though. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like professional failure. I was listening to your interview on the Nile or Nine podcast from almost a year ago. You were saying that it was around the release of the um, a mini album, I guess you might call it, that you released uh, last yeah. November. I did it. There was a tape, the 9K high yeah, electronic stuff. Yeah. You said that you were eight or nine songs into making this album, Endless Thread, but it hit a dead end. So you went into doing that. Like, tell me, tell me about this dead end. Not quite like a failure, but maybe like a barrier that you hit in the creative process. Like, did you did you realize that you had hit this dead end and that you just needed to almost like make music to get over it? I needed to do stuff outside of music to get over it. 
I'd got myself into a bit of a dead end in terms of like, I suppose, drinking as well. Basically, I could see it was not so much a dead end as heading into a corner uh, in general. And so I kind of realized that in order to re like make the view wider, I need to address stuff outside of my music. So I did the 9K high record on old samplers and but me there's no lyrics on it as well which i think is a bit telling because i was working out a lot of stuff in my own life uh and i feel like i broke through that barrier uh um thank god and basically uh kind of feel like i came out the other side of it and then was able to go back and like on the new record endless tread the songs were written in a sort of weird place between being unhappy and trying to work towards being happy but they were kind of mixed and overdubbed in a place of kind of joy which was the first time I felt a feeling of joy for good many years you know so uh, yeah and so going back to the beginning then of Endless Thread when when does it actually start do some of these songs stretch back years and years can you pinpoint like the exact uh, star point for the album this one I think kind of started in and around kind of COVID times like when we were all just about to lock down and all that kind of stuff, um, it started in around then. Yeah, the songs, the batch of songs that became Endless Tread came in then. So you enjoy kind of working on them initially before like that dead end appears and you have to kind of like figure out a way to get to the end point. Yeah, like I'm I'm a great subscriber to this. Um, is that I genuinely think your work, your your work is always a couple of steps ahead of you in terms of your subconscious, you know? Like you often find when you're writing songs that they're talking back to you about yourself before you know it, before you consciously kind of grasp, okay, I need to deal with this. Then already you've written a song, which basically is kind of very similar to to that thought that came much later, but you were all, it was already inside you from before. And that's when you open yourself to writing, um, you can you can tap into that amazing wisdom that i think is in everybody that sometimes it's difficult to tap into you know but uh yeah so the songs kind of started there and um yeah i don't know yeah then just like let them be for a while and sit with them and see which ones are good and, and what 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 needs to be crafted and how can i then come up with an actual i like to come up with an idea theme for a record so for this one the loose theme was you know short accessible songs with layers, uh, which which will reward repeated listening, um, for myself and others. So tape manipulation was another thing on this one, um, and try and find parameters that work for each album, basically. So this that was just, and then letting it sit. I mean, and when you work on your own, you can you can leave it for too long. I like to have a deadline, but I never really have deadlines. So. Yeah. yeah well i guess that's what you get from kind of more the more commercial side of things you have the brief and you have the deadline and you're working towards that whereas the jape stuff is it could be so uh like up in yeah. the air. i guess yeah exactly it can be up in the air so it's just a matter of trying to just corral yourself into a situation where you uh you have to finish things or yeah i like talking through some of the songs on the album with axe if we could go through some of the songs anyway on yeah uh endless thread we'll start with the the opener heal these wounds you say in the press release that it's a song that made me fall back in love with writing again is this around that time that we were just talking about that you would kind of hit yeah. that dead end or is it before that i think like that's one of those ones where you're kind of looking at it going that's me telling myself 
to cop myself on, you know, and like that that it's actually there there is it's worth being alive and it's worth having joy in your life. And I mean, sometimes like you know, you cope art artists can cope um there I love ambiguous songs. You know what I mean? I love ambiguous lyrics. And sometimes you can coat the ambiguity on and you can know what it means. And um, maybe it's not so accessible to other people. But for Heal These Wounds, I was conscious of the of just why not just be really simple and really uh, like just have like a simple meaning on the song, which is, uh, I hope, a message of like joy. And I know that's maybe not so cool to do that, but like that's kind of why I did it, you know, because... Um, I like to do things maybe that sometimes are not so cool because it just feels a bit like punkish in a way, you know, to do something like being being nice and kind in a, in a public manner can be a bit annoying. Like, you know what I mean? It can be an annoying thing if somebody's too nice. So I was like, I'm going to make a song that's like really nice and <laughs> see if, um, if it annoys people. But it's coming from a very pure place and it. Um, it's it's another one of them ones. It's just an experiment. Like lyrically, it's an it's kind of an experiment, a thought experiment about yeah on that end of things, you know. Mm. Um, I I guess that that's that kind of uh, d- directness of the lyrics or the simplicity of the lyrics is something that that's throughout it. Like even in Endless Thread, the second song, like the opening line around the time our lives got weird, I had dreams and intuitions. guessing that's around covid and stuff like that yeah that's something yeah exactly that you wanted to continue doing kind of write not short but like directly really direct writing really simple writing you know uh i think that's kind of like i think that's interesting for this record you know god knows what the hell i'll do now but for this one it was like i don't want to be like mr like mysterious i just want to like just be direct on what i'm feeling at this moment in time on a kind of a surface level and like i said earlier that itself opens up levels of the subconscious that you weren't you're not aware of there there's a lot of times when a lyric can mean it's a totally separate thing that you weren't aware of uh, and yeah that happens and that that's why I love writing songs because that's you know yeah well, you talked about that record that you put out um, last year and how it was almost nice not having any lyrics on that. So did you go a long time without writing lyrics? I don't know. Again, do you do lyrics for kind of the, the other kind of music that you make? I think I've reached the point when I think as a songwriter, for me, it's important to say something that feels uh, interesting. And if I was repeating myself, um, I would not find things very interesting and so uh, because I'd gotten to a situation where I felt a little bit like I was repeating myself in general then I had to take a break and that 9k high was brilliant because uh, then I could work on something that I I love as well which is texture you know so I worked a lot with texture on that one Um, and that was like just a break as I said like why I got myself together 
and um, then I was able to sort of have more of a positive mindset uh, to make to finish Endless Tread. It does sound like there's almost the duality in the music now, the way you're saying, talking about the lyrics, but then the textures and the um, playing around in the studio is almost the complete opposite, is it? You're kind of like really like layering well, them up. I will. I would say no, maybe not ups, but I definitely say it's a different, um, a different look. Like you know, boxers have different looks, and it's a different way to to express myself without the pressure of saying anything. You know, it's a wordless way to express yourself. Um, and sometimes we need that. You know, sometimes people need that. Uh, Lashing through the minutes is the second single from the album. You just put it out. Uh, very kind of um, playful kind of a song. Is that just the influence from the other side of uh, your musical uh, output that's creeping in? think it's another really simple song you know and like I, it's kind of a little bit joyful as well and like I think you know when you're when you're writing so I was just basically glad to be writing um, I was so happy to be writing again that I think that that simplicity and joyfulness uh, was such a welcome t- for me and like you just have to you can't really get in the way I mean I think if you start getting in the way of what you're doing then a lot of times you can end up like just overthinking things and you know my my take is just do it enjoy it and then just move on to the next thing you know that's kind of my take on it if it's simple and joyful why not just go for it you know it's definitely done a lot of complicated and not joyful stuff so <laughs> uh, it sounds like the influences on this album are quite joyful too i think the press release talks about uh, solo artists from the 70s like I listened to a lot of Judy Sill, you know Judy Sill. She because I bought a piano for eighty euros, right? It's like the best thing I've ever bought, <laughs> um, and got it tuned, and wrote a lot of the tunes just sitting on the piano. But she she plays piano, and I've been listening listening to a lot of Robert Wyatt as well with the rock bottom stuff. And uh, I love all the John Cale solo records from the seventies, like Vintage Violence and uh, Fears, Man's Best Friend, and all that stuff, and all the Brian Eno stuff. So like back then artists could like they could there was a lot of like money floating around so they could make these kind of really bizarre solo albums put them out on island records and sell like you know hundreds of thousands of copies now obviously that can't happen but i'm in a unique situation where i have a studio with loads of cool stuff in it uh, where i can just like mess around and make tape experiments and do all of this different stuff with textures and everything like that and um i just felt like you know i can make a record in that mindset and with a brian eno record like another green world like you never know what's next on the songs you know it can be like the instrumental the big ship or it can be like a pop tune or it can be some like long um electronic instrumental you know i like i love that i like i like that kind of i like to be that kind of artist where you basically don't really know what's gonna come next on the album 
Um, and yeah, I think maybe it's not great to be like a successful artist, but it's good to be interested. And uh, I'm still interested in anyway, making music. And if I just kept making the same record, obviously I wouldn't be. So, yeah. So so that's kind of old old stuff from the 70s that's an influence. Do you find that you're still listening to new music as well, like Irish or otherwise? Yeah, or, or like I listen to, to I pretty much listen, dip my toes into everything. You know, there's so much stuff out there. Recently, though, I've just been listening to a lot of um, audiobooks because I run every day. So I just be I listen to audiobooks now. I, I listen to the stuff on Editions Migo at the moment as well, the the, the electronic um, label. There's one, Grand River. She's a, she's an artist that's based in Berlin. And uh, she um, is from, I don't think, I think she's from Italy. And she has a record called All Above. That's really great. That's deadly. It's like piano and um, electronics. It's really beautiful. The Hilbert Hotel is the next song I wanted to talk about. I, I was like, what is the Hilbert Hotel? So I just threw it into Google and it came back with ah, Hilbert's yes. Paradox of the Grand Hotel. Am I, am I right yeah. in thinking this is yeah, like on, one of the parameters yeah. uh, around the album? Do you, do you want to explain it or will I give you the Google definition? You, you, you go for it. You go Google was. Hilbert's Paradox of the Grand Hotel is a thought experiment which illustrates a counterintuitive property of infinite sets. This sounds like you, you see this and you're like, how do you uh, get this in music? This is the thing that like really like, I don't know, gets you excited musically, is it? Well, the idea of infinity, yeah. I mean, you can kind of simplify that. You don't have to go Google it are being slightly obtuse there. You can, you can basically say like you have a hotel with an infinite number of rooms in the hotel. And the hotel then is, is, is full, like it's full. And then somebody else comes along and says, I would like a room in the hotel. And so how do they fit that person into the hotel? Or if a busload of other people came up and said, we would all like rooms in the hotel. How do you get those people into the hotel when the hotel has infinite number of rooms, but they're already full, basically. So like, so that's the kind of, you got to work out ways of getting those people in there that work mathematically. So I just saw it as, um, a really nice metaphor for the idea of the continuous chain of humanity. You know, we have an infinite number of souls that have already lived and we're still arriving more souls every day into this Hilbert hotel. So I just, I love that. Like I love when you have a little idea that just makes like complete sense. And then the song just comes really fast. And that I often find when you have a, an idea, a good idea, then the song comes quite fast, you know? And it's really cool because a lot of people, you're the first one who's who's actually Googled it because nobody <laughs> knows. And people keep asking me, what's the fucking Hilbert Hotel? And I was actually doing a version of that on Monday in Ireland and I was going in to do it in a, in, in Whelan's. I was doing a kind of a TV thing in there and uh, I passed the Harcourt Hotel on the way in. I was like, maybe I could change the lyrics. <laughs> the Harcourt Hotel. And, and lyrically then, again, kind of very simple, touching, kind of sweet and heartfelt. But this is this seems like your experience as a dad. Well, it's like, you know, the universal parent, I suppose, and the universal child. Like, I mean, we never change, you know, that we go through different. It's like the idea of impairments I was talking about earlier. We're always you're are you the same person you were when you're seven years old? Like, yes, but also no, obviously not like. And I think that there's these multiple versions of ourselves that we carry around all the time. And having children definitely puts you more in tune with that because you see like, holy shit, like this was this was me back then. And this 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 that what they're finding in the world I found. But to them, it's new. But to me, it's old. Her baby sees time as a playful thing. Dipping small toes in, learning to swim, 
Legs getting stronger soon Diving in at the Hilbert Hotel tonight Trees are learning to wait for spring Old doubts reappear as new journeys begin Cherish your time as this wonderful thing In the Hilbert Hotel tonight are your kids taking an interest in music? Are they uh, are they interested in what you're doing, or did they find it well, extremely they, boring? They or? love music. They love music. Actually, all of them really love music. Uh, they came to the Beyond the Pale Festival, oh. and I think the the two older ones, and they were like, "Holy shit! Like you're actually not kind of cool, like in some small way, cooler than you were before today." Anyway, so <laughs> um, they're, they're they're digging it, and they they love music, and they actually put me in touch with lots of like interesting weird music that's happening now that i would literally have no clue about like as um, in the big pop music or like uh, a lot of like pop music and a lot of like just strange like weird emo bands that like and you know, I, like some and you're like that's actually kind of cool like kind of manga influenced emo stuff you know that would not really be on my radar normally but yeah it's great I, they've definitely messed up my my algorithm on spotify it's all just like this weird <laughs> Band. so i just check what they're listening to basically and on tomorrow there's a voice at the end that says uh i've only just tried to get the noises in my head correctly transferred to a tape can you explain who who this is and is this just uh relating to what he's speaking about different i've only ever just tried to get the noise in my head correctly transferred to a tape that's actually robert wyatt oh know? okay and i uh, was listening to i was as i said listening to a good bit of his stuff and uh, then i found some bbc interview that's on youtube that's really cool and he mentioned that and i kind of read that resonates with me it's like you have ideas you get them down and just move on you know i'm not, not and they, like he said not trying to be difficult just trying to like just get to the next point of of the map and then the final two songs the titles anyway are very direct and i think lyrically they're really direct as well delete the timeline and fuck the church is it nice to kind of get the anger out in a way i suppose is is that how you see those songs lyrically or anything not so much with delete the timeline because i think that's a little bit more ambiguous like there i think when i when i think about that particular song there's a few ways that i could look at it in terms of um you know it's meaning and the way and they actually make sense on different it makes sense on different levels but fuck the church i mean there's only one meaning there and like yeah i just was i read the fintan o'toole book you know um we, we don't know ourselves and it just hit me like a ton of bricks the way the control that they had for so many years you know which we all knew anyway and i already knew that myself anyway obviously but like i just felt very angry at the way women have been treated in society in Ireland the way you know the moral compass was directed by these fucking weirdos basically for so long and yeah I felt really angry so I sat down at the piano and I wrote that tune in like 15 minutes and then I was like should I stick it on I don't know it's like it's a bit slight it's a bit direct like you say it's a bit angry but then I was just like but I really do feel like that you know I like the idea of spirituality is so important to me and it's so 
it's such a like personal method which it can save you you know it can save people and when they organize it and try to sell it to people um in some kind of moral police type fashion uh it makes me sick to my stomach so i yeah i mean it's kind of obvious but and we all i suppose a lot of artists and you know, people who listen to music would probably feel like that, but I just thought, fuck it, I'll stick it on the record because I, I, you know, I'm feeling it. The teachings of Christ are such a beautiful thing Could help you understand love, could help a broken soul sing But the teachings of Christ are not the actions of men And how low can they go as they interpret them? How low can they go as they interpret them? For the A spiritual life, don't need no judge You will know what is right in your soul and your blood And if from the center you find yourself swaying Ain't it a shame they monopolized So how do you feel about the about the album as a whole? Like does it feel like a good satisfaction to have gotten this finished? Yeah, it does, you know. Like I listen well, when I ever make a record, I try to listen to it a good few times before it comes out and sort of see if it leads on correctly in the track order and stuff. And I always find flaws with it and with this one I think it's as as good as I could make it for the time I made it. And I pushed it as far as I could, and now it was time to move on, so finish it. And there's bits which I think are really strong, and then bits when I'm like, maybe I could have either not put that on. You know, it's like, I don't know, I always think that. So then what I do then is just never listen to it again, for as yeah, long as I live. It's, it's so mad that, like, so many artists say that, you know, that it's just like, you know, I, I always just hear the, the imperfections or what could I have done better. But at the end of the day, you've kind of got to let it go at some stage as well, don't you? That's it. That's it. A lot, like a lot of artists in general, can get stuck in the idea of trying to fix up so it's perfect, and you're just gonna never, never finish. And I love, I, I really, res- I really have a lot of respect for artists that finish stuff because that's the hardest thing. It's really quite not, not gonna say it's easy, but it's it's easier to be inspired and to come up with an idea that's quite good and to like you know get a demo of it, whatever. It's hard to to actually finish it, and it doesn't have to be like super slick or anything like that, but. Uh, in order for you to just go, that's finished. That's what I mean. You know, that's done because I can't do anything else with it. That's that's a real skill. That's a different type of skill than being like a, you know, that's a different that's a different part of your mind. And that's a lot. I think a lot of artists struggle with that. I definitely have struggled with it in the past myself. Like you know, it's like just let you go. You know, let it go. Move on. Do you think? you're less precious about the music in a sense you know kind of putting out the album last year that you put out putting out this album now it seems like you've kind of hit a nice kind of uh uh sweet spot of working maybe yeah like for now it's it seems to me important to continually work and finish things because i'm getting older and time doesn't seem as expansive and all of my experimentation and fucking around has led me to the place i'm at now to the point when i've got a palette of things that i'm happy to experiment with for now 
you know, and continually try and see what comes up from that particular group of parameters. This album is finished. It's in the can, about to come out at the end of uh, September. Have you already started? Like, do you already have like this release done, this release done, this release done? And I wouldn't say that, but I definitely have ideas. Like, I have it behind me here, you can't see it, but I've got this kind of crazy ass drum kit set up with loads of like electronic triggers uh, on the drums, and I'm basically making a weird rhythm machine that I'm gonna use to create rhythm tracks for the next bunch of songs so i see the next bunch as being quite um rhythmically based tunes mm, interesting again another just another parameter kind of uh that you're, yeah. that you're putting on yourself yeah. almost yeah exactly yeah and see where see where that leads and i saw on twitter you were talking about what you're doing with uh the tour dates that are coming up around this album i'm presuming this is the thing you're most looking forward to i can't remember what you're calling it jape Jeopardy, somebody came up with it Jeopardy. on Twitter. It's basically, um, I did a load of gigs after COVID happened. There was a few gigs around Ireland and I did them. And honestly, I felt so anxious for the gigs. I don't know whether it's because me getting older or or, or the crowds were weird. or I, I, I don't know what it was, but I had such anxiety around those gigs. And I really felt so drained. And it was only when I did... The la- I was actually going like I don't think I can ever play live again, you know. But then the last gig on the whole that particular run was the Hibernical gig that uh, Una Turning Pirate put on in um, a ca- castle. I can't remember the name of the castle for, for my sins, but uh, somewhere in the country anyway. And oh man, that was like that was it was like it was like a like the like sort of goal in injury time, like ninety seventh minute, just to reaffirm the joy of music and live music. And two things happened at that weekend. One was I saw Wallace Bird play live and she was just like, oh my God, she was amazing. Like she was so incredible. She just tore on her own uh, and she just like blew me away. And I felt this feeling of like, oh yeah, that that's what it can be. You know, I think for the Jape stuff, I'd got into a situation of playing songs and kind of going, this has to go well, this has to be good, you know, blah, blah, blah. And quite a joyless became a little bit joyless for me after for whatever reason so then i saw wallace board and then also that weekend i got to play bass with andy irvine and and, and lisa hannigan as well and that was like you know bucket list type shit and sitting there playing andy irvine songs and uh, learning them out and playing rehearsing with him and everything like that was just another kind of like oh my god this is amazing so i got my joy for music back but I realized one of the things that I used to love about early Jape gigs was the kind of the chaotic nature of them, like the kind of the madness that was involved in them. Just basically, I don't know how to describe it, but there was an energy that came from um, the chaotic nature where it could be really good sometimes and it could be absolute dog shit the next time. And I sort of like, I realized that I got to the point when it, it sort of become churning out, not, not great, not bad you know this level of it so i realized holy shit i need to bring some chaotic vibe back into the gigs and i also wanted to, i don't like the idea i really don't like the idea of the audience being like there yay well done you know and then you go off so i really wanted to get the people involved we can all make a thing together you know and so i did a gig in Ima, and i had an idea to basically do a, a you know like powerpoint presentation at the same time so I worked out this kind of crazy tech, this system, man, it's hilarious. It's basically a MIDI foot switch, which progresses the, the um, on one laptop, it progresses the, the Ableton files, which are basically the, the musical show. And then it's a split into another laptop, which is then progressing the uh, 
the PowerPoint presentation. So my initial idea was to basically just have formalized onstage banter where I could basically, because a lot of times between songs, you end up just talking like shit between songs. But with this formalized way, I felt like I could actually think about this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, you know, this and that the use of backing tracks like gigs was one thing and that was that was cool and all but then i was like hang on maybe i could have like a question for the audience so the question i did on that night was um how many hot dogs would it take to stand on top of each other to reach the height of the spire in o'connell street right um because i wanted to have something that you could google fast so that was the question and that was like the high point of the gig. That was that was like the top. That was amazingly great because loads of people were guessing and people were way off the mark. Somebody was like four thousand hot dogs. Like no, somebody else was like five hundred hot dogs. No, not wrong. So that was great. And then I was like after that gig, I was like shit. We should definitely, I should definitely do that because um, it's fun and it's entertaining and it's like it brings people closer together. So at these gigs, what we're going to do is we're going to have a because obviously some people don't want to be involved. So we're going to have a team where you can give your name um, when you come in, if you want to be involved in the quiz, and then we'll pull out names and we'll have people come on stage and we'll, we'll, we'll ask questions for them. And we'll do three rounds. And then at the end, the three winners of the rounds will come back and they will win some kind of prize, um, maybe. And I think it can either be really good or it'd be like a disaster. If you, if you see me never doing it again after these gigs, then you know it was a complete disaster. But if I do it again, so so the questions are very much like uh general knowledge they're not all jape related no it's kind of general knowledge and also like i think if we can have a bit of fun with it like i kind of would be influenced by the shooting stars like vic and bob that kind of stuff you know something sort of surreal and i would ask anybody who's listening to the podcast because i'm having trouble coming up with enough questions right so if anyone has any questions that they think are quite uh interesting to ask people maybe they could like dm me them or something um like you know stuff that one thing i want to do as well which i'm actually going to do as a video is to have like four pieces of music all playing at the same time and you got to guess which piece of music is playing you know that kind of stuff like. this is very <laughs> much like uh call into the ra- daytime radio and like win a hundred grand <laughs> or something like that that's what I'm... yeah it's like it's like come to the gig and win not a hundred grand maybe a hat or something <laughs> <laughs> hey that's a good deal that's a good deal it sounds like you're almost yeah. as, as as excited about this as anything else i'm excited about the idea of a, a show you know a show which involves music and quiz and also playing with my friends so, great yeah great. it should be cool hopefully cool. we selling up tickets so so you're gonna it's it's not gonna be solo shows it's gonna be uh playing with the other lads some of them might have to be like less stripped back stuff, but the Dublin gigs are definitely going to be band, full band vibes, and it's going to be a really good band as well. So that's going to be deadly. Great, cool. I think I think that that's all that I've got yeah. for you anyway. Uh, thanks so Richie. much, John. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, enjoy talking through Endless Thread. Best luck with it, and best luck with the quiz as well. Thanks.
Say